Let's open up to uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. So um, the title of this talk is Grasping the Infinite. Okay? So we'll start here in Ephesians chapter 3. Just read a little passage. This passage I've decided I'll read at the start of the talk and then at the end. So um, the, the idea is that maybe when we read it at the end, we might have a different sort of mindset, perhaps. So I'll read at the start, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Great little passage here. And, uh, and it says there in verse 18 that, that we might be able to comprehend or grasp with all saints. So uh, you can read that a couple of ways, but the way I, I read it there is like with all the saints together helping us, we can comprehend or grasp the breadth, which goes on to the infinite, the length, the other way that goes on for the infinite, the depth and the height which goes on to the infinite. We might be able to grasp or comprehend that. And, um, and then this love that, uh, that passes knowledge that's, that's infinite itself, uh, that you might be filled with the fullness of God. And the fullness of God is infinite itself as well. And the power there. And, uh, and then it closes off like, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. World without end. Another bit of infinite going on there. So here, like we're talking about grasping the infinite. And, uh, and it's an interesting aspect because the infinite, well, it's infinite. So how can you grasp it? Like with our, our um, constrained minds and uh, our constrained bodies, like to, to grasp something, you need to make it finite, I'm making any sense here, but God's saying, hey, look, you know, look, he can grant us according to the riches of his glory and strengthen us, the inner man through the spirit, that uh, we can actually grasp this infinite aspect of the kingdom of God. Okay, interesting. So, of course, I'll come back to this as the closing scripture, but um, there is clearly a, a defined line and we know this between Old Testament and New Testament. So we'll read a couple of verses in the Old Testament uh, and then move on to the New Testament. So Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34. That's Exodus chapter 34 and verse 29. 
And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand. And bear in mind, this is the second time he came down. <laughs> so he went up the first time, came down, and they were worshipping golden calf, and he broke them, so went back up again. So this is the second time he came down. So he'd been communing with God for a very long time. When he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. And Moses called unto them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him, and Moses talked with them. And afterward, all the children of Israel came nigh, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil upon his face. So he hid his face from everyone else. But when Moses went in before the Lord, i.e. into the temple, the tabernacle in the wilderness, to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out, and he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which was commanded. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, and Moses put the veil upon his face again until he went in to speak with him. So this here, after spending all that time, he was fasting as well, it says elsewhere, on Mount Sinai uh, with God, uh, where he, uh, he taught Moses what to then pass on to Israel. Of course, uh, I was reading then, he, he must have forgotten some of the points, so he had to go back into the tabernacle and, oh, what was that, Lord, that you said there? So come back out again. And as a result of that, his face shone. Now, God is infinite. Now, with that time that Moses spent with God, his face shone. Now, the point here, Old Testament, the people of Israel couldn't handle it. They were afraid when they saw Moses' face shine as a result of being with God for so long. So he covered it up. Okay? Back to chapter 33 and verse 12. Exodus chapter 33 and verse 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people. And thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. Prove yourself. And he said, My presence this is our God saying, My presence shall go with thee, and I'll give thee rest. And he said unto him, Moses said unto God, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I'll do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight. So he, God is reaffirming that. And I know thee by name. 
And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Moses is asking the Lord, can you show me your glory or the fullness of your glory? And he said, God said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, all my goodness. Right? And so there's God saying, I will. I will draw in the infinite into this time and place so that you can see all my glory to pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. You know, because God is in all time, the power there. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass. While my glory passeth by, the full glory of God into that one time, the infinite into a time, constrained, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I'll take away mine hand and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. So even Moses we, saw, we see later that his face shone with that time with the Lord. And here Moses just wanted something more for the Lord to show him that, hey, look, this nation Israel has been chosen by God and separated by God. And he wanted to see the full glory of God. And uh, God says, well, look, you can't really, but hey, you'll be the one that will be able to see it the closest in Old Testament times. But I have to hide you in a rock. Okay? Now, that's an important point. Some people may know where that leads to. But it's important like for, for Moses to even uh, behold the glory of God. He had to be hidden in the cleft of a rock. Uh, he couldn't stand there and behold it face to face. It's a reference to a future scenario. Now, last Old Testament one, uh, Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 5. And this has been referenced to uh, in the last few weeks. But um, it, it just backs up. The, the point I'm trying to, to say here, that clear defining line between Old Testament times and New Testament times, um, here in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 5, Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the one on this side of the bank of the river and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times, and a half. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And I heard... But I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, 
what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. So this here, Daniel, like I said, Old Testament times, there was a limit. There was a limit. The, uh, the prophecy, amazing prophecy of Daniel had stopped because um, it was Old Testament times before Jesus Christ was glorified. It was before the Spirit was poured out. And say, so, no, you can't see it. That's the eternal. It's something that doesn't belong for this time. It belongs for later. And that later time is when many shall be purified, many shall be white, many shall be tried, uh, uh, many of the wise shall understand, okay, and understand the times, you know, and all prophecy and things, have that understanding of, okay, yeah, we get it. There's a reason why it was shut up there with Daniel, but now it's revealed. Um, and so in before the Holy Spirit, there was no way for human beings to grasp the infinite. Moses got pretty close, but he couldn't. Daniel so desired to know, and there are other prophets who so wanted to know also, but God said, no, you're not to know. Now's not the time. Go to our 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptised unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And did all eat that same spiritual meat? And did all drink that same spiritual drink? For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Now you can read other stories as uh, Israel wandered about in the wilderness. The rock cropped up every now and again. You know, the water uh, came out of the rock and so forth. And, um, and then we just read that passage. And this is the key. For us, grasping the infinite, that rock, it says here, that followed the nation of Israel was Christ. So the only way that Moses could get close to the glory, the full glory of God, was if he was uh, protected by Christ and he was hidden in the cleft of the rock. Okay? So now your minds are wandering. Now, today... After Jesus Christ is glorified, we have the Spirit. We are in a position to grasp the infinite. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. And verse 4. Hebrews chapter 5. And verse 4. Hebrews 5 and verse 4. And no man taketh his honour unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. 
so also in the same way. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. So it's logical. You know, nobody uh, takes honour to themselves. Honour is given to them uh, by others. And in the same way, Jesus Christ didn't prout about his own glory. He actually gave glory to him who said, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee i.e. God, his Father. Verse 6, As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him, that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared. Jesus, as we know, prayed that that cup will be taken from him. Verse 8, Though he were a son, Yet learnt he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, glorified, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. So this rock, Jesus Christ, is the author of eternal salvation. Uh, He's written it out. He's been glorified uh, unto all them that obey him. So we have access to that, the eternity And uh, Hebrews chapter 13, can't help but go past, yes, sorry, Hebrews 13, Hebrews 13 and verse 5, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Never, ever, until eternity, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus, the same yesterday and today and forever. Now, these are the things we can grasp. We know it. We read it in the Bible uh, that, yes, we get it. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he's the author of our eternal salvation. And these things help us to have that comfort that our conversation doesn't need to be with covetousness and that we can be content with all things that we have. And we can have this boldness to say, look, the Lord is my helper, you know, The Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do. All part of this uh, understanding that the Lord wants us to have. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 14. knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Everyone together, those that are asleep in the Lord and those that are not. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound or abound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not, But through our outward man, 
sorry, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, you know, that, that's constrained, that's finite, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, i.e. they are finite, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So God's encouraging us to look to those things that are not seen, but look to the things that are eternal. That's where God wants us to focus our, uh, our mindset on. Uh, it puts things into perspective. Understanding and grasping the infinite puts things into perspective, that this is just a breath, you know, as the flower comes up and passes away the next day. But, but uh, we are a people of the forever, um, and it gives us that encouragement to continue going, to be continually disciplined. It's worthwhile. Um, and the, the afflictions that we, we go through are but for a moment. They're a blink. But what's so beautiful as part of this understanding that God wants us to have, as it says in verse 17, our light affliction, which is restricted, actually works, helps us to a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It assists us because of our understanding. We get uh, stronger. We have an experience. It gives us patience knowing that God's got things in hand. You know, that light affliction, we get a bit of an affliction, we pray to the Lord. Uh, the Lord comes through in his own time. We get another one. Ah, the Lord worked there. It helps us uh, for this far more and exceeding eternal weight of glory. And that helps us to grasp it. If Lord, the Lord helped us out there, he'll help us out forever. Because uh, he is glorious. First uh, Corinthians chapter 13 so I'll read the next two uh, passages very close together. So 1 Corinthians 13, a couple of verses here. And it's just an interesting uh, thing here. 1 Corinthians 13 and uh, verse 11. So it's 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11. And it says, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child i.e. didn't grasp things that an adult would grasp. I thought as a child, you know, even a mindset. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I started thinking as, a, as an adult. I started understanding as an adult. I started speaking as an adult. Verse 12, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then in future Shall I know even as also I am known? And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. Charity continues to the eternity. And so there's this little passage saying, look, at the moment we see through a glass darkly. We, we get snippets of the infinite, the power of the living God, the true, um, the true ability of the spirit. Uh, of the kingdom of God, of God himself. It says here that we see th through that glass darkly. And when that, uh, that foggy glass is gone, we'll see face to face. It'll all be clear. But let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 
2 Corinthians chapter 3. There's another aspect to it. Yes, we um, do see through a glass darkly. We understand that, especially when we read things that we don't understand in the Bible, which has been spiritually inspired, and this whole infinite eternity thing. But here it says, as a, a source of comfort, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 12. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 12. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness, or actually means boldness of speech, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded. It was restricted, not now. It's for people in the future. For until this day remaineth the same veil, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to, or someone shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. There's no barrier there anymore. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom, open-facedness. But we all, here you go, with open face, beholding, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Yes, this may um, refer to a mirror, but the other glass could also. A glass dark and it's all foggy. You know, when you get out of the shower and you forgot to put the, um, the ceiling fan on. It's all foggy. Uh, but this, what it's saying here is, look, the Lord wants us to learn, you know, and not have our minds be blinded uh, or have that veil, that barrier between us and God, us and Jesus Christ. He's caught us up in the cleft of the rock in Jesus Christ himself, that we can behold in a glass the glory, the full glory of the Lord. Okay? That's what God wants to do. He's allowed us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That uh, uh, he, he's, um, he's, he's encapsulated us in the cleft of the rock so that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, we can behold the glory of the Lord. In this, and it says they are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Um, Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22. The anti-penultimate scripture. Matthew 22 and verse 41. Matthew chapter 22. And verse 41 says here, While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ, whose son is he? They say unto him, The son of David. Now that there, right? So we know elsewhere in the New Testament, in Acts as well, and throughout the, uh, the Gospels, that... Um, People referred to Jesus Christ as the son of David. Now, when they refer to Jesus Christ as the son of David, they are acknowledged, sorry, 
when they refer to Jesus, yeah, the man, as the son of David, they are acknowledging that he is the Christ sent by God as a saviour of the world. And so the, the Pharisees knew from the scriptures that this Christ, the anointed of God, that, um, that will be sacrificed and allow for the Holy Spirit to be poured out, it will be known as the son of David. Uh, they knew that, and yet they got all confused and uh, ended up crucifying him. Verse 43, he saith unto them, How then doth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, i.e. call uh, this Christ uh, his Lord, how is he then his son? And no man was able to answer him a word. Neither durst any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. So this is that this is still Old Testament time. The Holy Spirit is yet to be poured out. And so their understandings darkened. They have a veil over their face. They haven't grasped what it means. And so this here is this, uh, and I'll, I'll uh, go to the next scripture, which um, is one I love as well. Okay, so David is calling his descendant his Lord. It doesn't make sense, but it does make sense when you grasp the eternal. Today, filled with the Holy Spirit, we get it. Jesus Christ was descended from King David in the flesh, but it was through the Spirit that he was therefore King David's Lord. Um, uh, the uh, um, only begotten of uh, God himself. And so we, we get that. And this is why I want to bring this up. It's like, yeah, it, it can be too much for us to grasp the internet. But we get internet. <laughs> the, you know, it's been on the edge of my tongue the whole time I've said it, you know, but I've been managing to crush it, but it blurted out. So we're able to grasp the internet, you know, like... <laughs> Wonderful, through the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> We're able to grasp the infinite because we get this. We get it, that Jesus Christ was the Lord of King David, even though he was a descendant of him. Okay, it's something we understand. And so that's something that we can be encouraged that, hey, we're part of something eternal and we can understand it. And uh, one that I love, Hebrews 11 Hebrews 11, if this is uh, not something that is obvious that there is an eternity happening, uh, a breakdown of time, structure of time, Hebrews 11 and 38. Hebrews 11, chapter 38. Uh, The chapter of faith, these amazing people in the Old Testament of faith Um, And it says that here in brackets, uh, verse 38, of whom the world was not worthy, they were separated, they led a different life. They wandered in in deserts and in mountains and dens and caves of the earth. They weren't part of general society. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us, should not be made perfect. That's that warping of time. And so we get that too. You know, God lives in all time. It's part of eternity. We grasp that. That us here today, filled with the Spirit, you know, God sees us and sees them. 
And so it's through us being here, uh, people of faith also, determined to follow, being disciplined, that God sees us, the salt of the earth, that allows them to receive the promise. We can grasp these things that don't make sense. We look at things and understand things that cannot be seen. We're not limited with things that we just see with our carnal eyes. We're part of the kingdom of God. And now I'll finish again at Ephesians chapter 3, what I read at the start. And I'll just read it. And, uh, and you can think as you read through these words. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. So it's Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. So for us to know it even though it passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. That's what God wants. He wants us to grasp it, have a knowledge, have an understanding, comprehend it be grounded and rooted that we can comprehend these things about the kingdom of God. It's pretty amazing.